and welcome back to BBFB. My name is Nick and welcome back. Today we're looking at Batman Year 2 and if you're new to the podcast this is a segment where I review a particular book in each segment. We've done about five or six so far. It's going very well. If this is really a segment designed for those who are new to comics and interested in learning a bit more about Batman. Before I started, I hadn't read many books at all, but I'm enjoying it so far. And um, do please join in with me, and you'll learn a lot more about Batman as we go through his career in the trade paperback books. So Batman Year Two is the title of a four-part story arc written by Mike Barr, who worked on Detective Comics. And in August 1983, he created what may well be his most enduring work, the monthly title Batman and the Outsiders, where he wrote every issue of the first series and its spin-off, The Outsiders, and received a lot of critical acclaim. Year 2 is also illustrated by Alan Davis, Paul Neary, Alfredo Alcala, Mark Farmer, and Todd McFarlane. The artists on the project changed halfway through, which is why there's so many involved. Year 2 originally appeared in the in Detective Comics number 575 to 578. After the success of Frank Miller's Batman Year 1, based on Batman's first days as a vigilante in Gotham City, DC Comics commissioned a few follow-ups to capitalize on the miniseries' success. The story was collected as a trade paperback in 1990, which is the one I've got. And in 2002, DC Comics published a second printing of the trade paperback this time with the addition of the one-shot sequel, Batman Full Circle, included, which I will mention briefly towards the end of this segment. Uh, and this new edition was in, retitled as Batman Year Two Fear the Reaper. What the hell are you? I'm Batman. The basic plot is that Batman by now is an established vigilante in Gotham City. Captain Gordon has recently succeeded Loeb as police commissioner and is addressing local media stations on his new stature. The media also reflects on the anniversary of the final sighting of Gotham's first vigilante, the Reaper. Bruce Wayne in the meantime is visited by an old acquaintance, Leslie Tompkins, the medic who helped to raise him after his parents were murdered and knows all too well of his double life. She is joined by Judson Caspian and his daughter Rachel, who gradually develops a romantic infatuation with Bruce Wayne. It soon comes to light that Judson is really the Reaper, driven to his life by the tragic death of his wife, and it takes only one stroll down Gotham to remind Judson of the horrors of his crime. He thought he had put to rest long ago in his dual identity. He returns to his apartment and dons the Reaper costume. Immediately making an impact and leaving several criminals dead, Batman and the Reaper soon come face to face, but the Reaper's experience and weaponry prove too much for Batman, and he's left bloodied, broken, and forced to flee before he is killed. Upon returning to Wayne Manor, a bandaged, injured Bruce angrily admits that his best wasn't enough, and that perhaps the only way to confront a killer with his measure of thinking, head-on, is to become that which he loathes the most, prompting him to now bear a firearm, the gun that took the lives of his parents. Batman's vendetta against the Reaper leads to a falling out with Gordon, whom Batman nearly wounds or kills to prevent him from getting closer to what he considers his prey. Gordon misinterprets this action as Batman following in the Reaper's murderous footsteps, 
and soon deploys his forces against both Batman and the Reaper. As the Reaper lays waste to Gotham's underworld, various crime lords assemble and discuss ways of defeating him. Batman eventually intervenes in the meetings and proposes they join forces against the Reaper. The crime lords agree, but only if Batman cooperates with a hand-picked agent of their choosing. That individual is Joe Chill, the man who shot Thomas and Martha Wayne. Knowing his reason for being is working alongside him, Batman schemes to take Chill's life once the Reaper is disposed of, while at the same time he lays the groundwork for his life after Batman, asking Rachel not to convert to a nunnery and marry him. She accepts. There is a battle which kills most of the underworld connections tied to Batman and Chill, as well as helping convince Gordon that Batman is not connected to the Reaper in his crimes. The Reaper is presumed dead, Batman and Chill escape separately, but meet up later, at night, at Batman's insistence. Batman takes Chill to a familiar alley, the alley where Chill took the lives of the Waynes. Batman reveals his identity to the shocked Chill, and taunts him with the gun he used on them. Chill, stunned, remains composed, convinced that Batman will not pull the trigger. Before Bruce can find out, the Reaper re-emerges and kills Chill point-blank with a gunshot. Now knowing Bruce's identity, the Reaper beckons Batman to a final confrontation in the frameworks of the under-construction Wayne Foundation. There, Batman and the Reaper fight to a standstill, and Batman eventually discovers the Reaper is Judson, before he jumps and kills himself, realising that the way of the gun is not for him. Batman places Chill's gun in the cornerstone of the Wayne Foundation building to be sealed away when construction is completed. Bruce returns to Rachel, who has heard the news from television. Her path is now clear. Judson was her father, and she must atone for his sins. She produces her nun dressings and calls off the engagement. Bruce returns to Proud Gotham Streets as its sole vigilante for the present. Don't let me find you out here again. Now in review, the intro to the book by Barr says it all for me. He says, how could anyone follow year one? And I agree with him. That was his biggest problem. That was his dilemma. So his solution was to contrast year one with year two. And I think to do this, he wanted to really shock the Batman community and alter and affect Batman's rules so that the community would pay attention and check this book out. And the main way he did that was by introducing the gun. I think the choice that Bruce makes to use this gun comes way too soon in the book and as a result falls flat on its face. Bruce has one setback, a defeat to the Reaper, and immediately goes for a gun. This isn't the Batman we know, and he, he then wants to kill the Reaper and kill Joe Chill, and it's just not within the character we know, which is a bad move. I also felt the story was really rushed. I don't know if they didn't have the time or amount of comics to publish what they wanted, but the narrative makes jumps and skips ahead. The reader can keep up with what's going on, but it just ruins the story slightly. For example, Batman and the Reaper are on board a plane, waiting on the runway. The police arrive, there's an explosion, and all of a sudden, our characters are a distance away from the plane with no explanation of how they got there. There were also unnecessary additions to the plot. The Wayne building being constructed was introduced at the start, and then towards the end of the book, the Reaper sees Bruce in an alley dressed as Batman and realises his true identity. Then for some reason there's a sudden jump in the story, and even though the characters were face to face in the alley, they then decide to go and meet at, this, at the Wayne building. Why didn't they just fight in the alley? I don't know. Poor storytelling perhaps? 
just trying to crowbar that Wayne Tower into the story and it's done very clumsily and it doesn't work. There are some good points of course but the moments we get to learn about uh, Joe Chill are interesting, the interaction between Chill and Batman are good, um, especially when Batman knows he has to use him and keep him alive. A particular moment that was excellent was when Chill was hanging on the edge of a building and Batman was unsure whether to help him or not. However, I did have a problem with Chill when he was jumping rooftop. When he was jumping rooftops with Batman, it seemed stupid that Chill could keep up and jump those distances. Uh, it was also the first time on this segment that we've encountered Leslie Tompkins, a character that Barr sees as an interesting addition to the Batman family. I can't help but wonder whether she's unnecessary in this book, as she does no more than what Alfred typically does. He was sidelined as a result. Unless there's more development with her and a bit more meat to her story, I don't, think, I don't see the point in her inclusion. She's just a substitute for Alfred. But it was nice to have a different character interact with the real Bruce Wayne. Uh, there was also some good artwork. My favourite moment would have been when Gordon felt betrayed by Batman and snapped his pipe. It really, The artwork really brought out the anger of him. And even though the, art, the team of artists changes halfway through the book, it does disrupt the story just temporarily, but the artwork's pretty good, so there's not much fuss there. Overall, I would say that this book is average, maybe below average. Following up year one is a challenge, and this book will always be compared with it because of its title. The Reaper is a good villain, and is intriguing enough to bring the reader in, and even though there's very little backstory, it's all a little bit rushed. However, Batman is so quick to pick up that gun, it doesn't fit with our knowledge of the character. As well as the fact he meets a girl, has a date or two, and then he gets engaged. It's all too quick. I wonder if Barr was given more time to spend on the story, where the bits could be fleshed out and make it more interesting. I feel like he had a huge script that was really good, that had to be edited really heavily to fit it all into the time frame he was given. So overall I give the book 2 out of 5 Batarangs. If you're interested in seeing Batman in a new light, then get it. But the departure from Batman's typical attitude is a real problem, and brings the book down in its score. You can't change Batman's attitude that much, especially in the manner Barr did. Now a couple of extra notes are that the sequel, Batman at Full Circle, was also written by Barr, and it was set many years later and centred on the son of Joe Chill assuming the mantle of the Reaper. The story reunited most of the cast of Year 2 and incorporated Robin, the Dick Grayson version, into the story. However, after Year 2 and the disappointment of it, I have no desire to read or review this story. There are issues concerning canon with Year 2. It was deemed to have been retconned, i.e. removed from continuity, due to uh, the Zero Hour storyline. However, after the events of Infinite Crisis, Joe Chill's arrest has been restored into continuity, meaning the story could very well be within Batman's history again. I personally don't pay attention to these sort of things myself, and I regard every Batman book as being part of the Batman mythos. If you've seen Batman Mask of the Phantasm, you may notice that Rachel Caspian and the Reaper are very similar to Andrea Beaumont and the Phantasm in that film, so clearly there was inspiration. As well as in Christopher Nolan's series, where Chill's death in year two was adapted from the movie Batman Begins. The scene in Full Circle, the sequel, where Bruce throws a firearm that took his parents' life into the ocean, is also adopted for the movie. 
The minor subplot of Bruce plotting to kill Chill only to have someone beat him to it was also adopted in the movie but executed differently. And you also might notice that the love interest of Bruce in Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, Rachel Dawes, shares the first name of Rachel Caspian, as well as the decision to ultimately reject Bruce. In conclusion, you can always contact me on the batmanuniverse.net forums, as well as putting your own comments up there about what you felt about this book, how you think uh, my segment is going, and um, as well as a reading list telling you all the books I'm going to be doing in the future. And I've also added polls for this book, as well as all the books I've reviewed earlier. And you can rate them yourselves, out of one to five Batarangs. Do you agree with my review, or do you think I've not done the book justice? Or overrated it? The next book I'm going to be reviewing is Batman and the Monster Men. Sounds a bit cheesy, I know, but um, the artwork on the front cover looks pretty good, so I'm looking forward to that one. So that's BBFB for this time. I've been Nick, and now it's time to go back to Dustin and the guys. Oh, my God.